it's it goes far beyond we're aware. Like I'm so excited that the ball has begun to roll because now we are powerful and it's a very exciting time to be a woman. You're not the judge, you're not the jury. For me right now, I just need to listen. Ultimately, a decision or an outcome will be reached. What's important is that these stories are still being heard because so, for so, so long they haven't been. Be smart about your moves. Be smart about what you do. And then also, too, know that you're you're worthy, that if that situation does happen to you, know that you don't need to succumb to anything to get to that next level. And I've always said if I ever have a girl, which I'm hoping our second one is a girl, mm. for Halloween, I want her to wear a princess dress with MMA gloves. Yes! <laughs> like, I, I want her to be, like, the warrior princess. She can like, be whoever she wants absolutely. to be. Absolutely. Like, that idea, like, you can be either or. You can be a fireman that wears a skirt. Like, you can do whatever you want to do. Welcome to episode 58 of the Hollywood Hustle podcast, where we will be keeping the conversation going about the Me Too movement, proper etiquette in the workplace, the Internet's impact on recent issues, and how, in a collaboration, you can make sure the right person is doing the right job. And, of course, how we all struggle to climb the ladder of success and survive the city of dreams, Los Angeles. It is so good to be back, everyone. My name is Daniel Tuttle. I am your host, and I cannot wait to share with you our amazing roundtable discussion with TV host and podcaster Megan LaMontagne. In Act 2, our producer Michael Lutheran and special guest Megan's podcast partner, TV host and editorial manager of Perez Hilton, Jillian Leff, joins Megan and I for a deep and fun roundtable discussion. We check in on the Me Too movement, how its effects are still being felt, and other tips on how you can make your workplace a safer and more aware environment. We discuss how the internet can affect recent Me Too-related issues, and Megan and Jillian's podcast, Boss Please, and how you find the right job for you in a collaboration. Finally, we end with a fun game with Megan and Jillian. This is another episode I am so excited to bring you. Make sure you stick around after the interview when Michael joins me for some updates and hustle takeaways from this exciting discussion. And of course, we give you some hustle support to get you through this week. So without further ado, let the hustle begin. Welcome back, everybody. We are still here with the fantastic Megan LaMontagne. Megan, how are you doing? I'm fantastic now that my bestie's here. And now joining us for Act 2, originally from New Jersey, another one-third of the Boss Please podcast and an Emerson uh, College alum as well. She has hosted Reels React, Dirty Water Fridays, Wow. And Emmy Red Carpets currently as an, works as the editorial manager for PerezHilton.com. Please welcome on-camera host and podcaster, Jillian Leff. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us with Megan. I'm excited to have two out of the three. Melinda couldn't make it, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, she's busy bossing. She's bossing. Always what boss. it is. Such a boss. Though I, I think I mentioned to Megan, I feel like boss on y'all's show could turn into like Smurf, where it's like, I totally bossed that up. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you're real in a, you're being a real boss right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, it just, it'll insert probably transform for into any, that for sure. Insert, just make a t shirt that's just like, I really bossed that up. Like, something like that. Just really. That's Idea. Well, I've got ideas for days, guys. Well, the original concept, the title that I came up with, obviously, Boss Please sounds a lot like Bitch Please. <laughs> yes. So that's yeah. the whole point. There yeah, we're, she, she did come up with a name. And yeah. I was like, when she said it, I was like, yes. Stop being such a boss. Meant to be. <laughs> uh, also with us, as always, is my girl boss, Michael Lutheran. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is probably one of my favorite introductions you've done for me so far. <laughs> I always try to come up with creative introductions for him just yes. to keep him on region le- grounded. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Not you so know what, what my role is in, on this podcast. No, no I, this is our second four person yeah, roundtable. Exactly. And, th- and we're with another podcast. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. We've sat down with the gentleman behind the Inside Acting podcast. So this year we're really just trying we're to... expanding be- our reach. Well, we're just trying to learn more about the podcast community absolutely. here in LA yeah. because obviously there's more than just, um, you know, actors or screenwriters. Absolutely. You know, there's bosses here in this town and uh, <laughs> we want to learn who the bosses are. <laughs> <laughs> who is the boss? Who is the boss? It's not Tony. Um, <laughs> no. So let me ask you real quick, Jillian. Sure. How have you been a boss this week? Um, okay. I'm going to so, steal y'all's tag. <laughs> again, like we do big things. We do really trivial things. This is very trivial this week, but like I did not want to go out this morning. It was raining in LA. It was just, it was not fun. Which never happens. It never, never rains. happens. No, there were tears from the sky. It was wild. And, but the roads were empty. So I went to Trader Joe's when they opened at 8 a.m. Uh, nice. There was a line out the door, which I found what? unbelievable. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. All uh, the bottled water and batteries were gone. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. There's a the storm. The world is ending, which is a panic. So I went grocery shopping, and then I had some returns to do. So I went to, so it was like a day of errands. But like, that was pretty boss because like I had to get it done. It feels good. You got it done, and you feel better about it because yes. it's not there anymore. It's a relief. Now I don't have to do it during the week. Michael, how have you been a boss this week? Ooh, I mean, I, I think you can share in this boss action that happened yesterday. Uh, we met with, um, someone who's going to be taking over our social media and she is such an inspiration. Uh, she, one of the things that she dropped, uh, while we were just chatting and going over our strategy was how, um, being a creative, you always feel like you're, it's so easy to not be satisfied with where you are. And so like her journey from Dubai to Los Angeles was kind of that. And so I don't know, Pushing this podcast to that next level of getting another team member here on the podcast, that, that felt pretty boss, mm, right? Like, absolutely. you know, just kind of expanding and building up the foundation. Absolutely. I, I would say my boss moment this week is not murdering my child. Yeah. <laughs> we're having some problems. Uh, we're, we're currently transitioning him to bed and it's been rough and like getting him to go to sleep and figuring out like the best way to do it because he is stubborn. Like he has his mom's like strong, stubborn I mean that in the best way, like personality. And so like he wants to do what he wants to do. So that's been rough. So we've gotten him to go to sleep before eight at one point. So that, that probably is my biggest boss moment. This week? This week. Nice. I love it. Oh, <laughs> once, just <laughs> once though. Um, so, you know, the first thing we want to talk about, we talked about it actually at the end of our, uh, at the end of the year last year uh, with a former guest, Allie Williams, um, just because it felt like we could not not talk about it. And uh, I think because you guys do host a female empowering podcasts and really are about female empowerment online. Um, it seemed important just to bring this up and get your thoughts about the things that have been going on with Me Too and the Time's Up movement um, and all the kind of uh, opening of the secret of Hollywood that's kind of come out over the last year um, towards women and men. And so just want to kind of your thoughts on both those movements and maybe how they've affected you and how you think it's affected the the entertainment industry as well as just general com- corporate industry as well. Yeah. Whoever wants to go Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I mean, it really comes twofold for me, right? So I have my personal experience and I have my experience at work. At work, it was extremely draining. Um, you know, hearing these stories every day and having to write, report on these things, you know, making sure that everybody's aware of who's the new accuser, who's the new person to speak out, like just 
coming home from work every day, it was probably the, one of the most stressful times um, in, in my career. It sounds really dramatic, but if you're surrounded by all of that stuff all the time, mm-hmm. it really starts to weigh on you. Of course. Um, and then the other side of things was I can't believe how many people I know that have been sexually harassed, sexually assaulted. And that was just like the other half of it. So in a way, you know, being surrounded by it all the time was extremely draining. But then also knowing that you might not be alone in the situation mm-hmm. was very helpful. It's it's still crazy because I don't think that it's over. No, mm-hmm. I don't um, think so. You know, it's far from over. So I'm, I am like expose everyone. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's just, it's been a lot. And we do talk about it a lot you know, Megan and I personally as friends, and I know that you probably have a similar take on it. Yeah. I mean, I think for me too, I, it was, it was crazy to hear how many stories have come out, but for me as upsetting as it was, it also kind of comes from a place of like, wow, because I too just last year went through it personally. And I've been through it personally on like a personal Megan level. And then also in an industry level. And when those things happen to you, you feel, I guess, embarrassed, even though you shouldn't feel embarrassed, but you do because you feel alone. And then when you have the courage to talk to even your best friends about it, which obviously Joe was like one of the first people I went to, but then to know so many other women have been going through it for years, you're like, what the heck? So you feel like I'm not alone, but then also like, what the heck do we do to stop this? This is insane. It's insane. It's really, it's, 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 it's hard, uh, you know, like I said, we had Allie Williams, a former cosplayer, or not a former cosplayer, a former guest who is a cosplayer. And we wanted to have her on because feeling like two white guys talking about this by themselves just didn't seem right. It didn't fit. No, we're, we're not the answer. Yeah, we're not. We're definitely, we're not, you know, yeah. we're, we're the answer to help fix the problem in the future, hopefully, but not that what's going on right now. But I think for me, it was hard because it's one of those things where it's just like I, I, coming from a guy's point of view and how I was raised like hearing these things breaks my heart because I was always taught like respect women, you know, any, anytime you're at a, in a workplace, you, you respect everyone. Um, my mom was like the only female to be like an executive at her office for a long time. So I kind of was raised in that thing where she kind of dealt with a little bit of that sexist type thing as well. And it's like, it's, it's so hard to see this and go like, come on, like, be be smarter than this. Like be better than this. And you know, I unfortunately, I, I, unfortunately, like I haven't. I, or, I'm not aware of anything I've assisted, but I, other friends of mine have, and it breaks my heart because like they felt maybe they couldn't talk about it and they couldn't tell people. I think the sad thing is, is you know, you come out here, and I, my parents, kind of warned me. They were like, these things can happen, mm-hmm. and so I've always been on the lookout for it. But I think either maybe like older Hollywood when, when women came out here to make it and they had meetings that were in hotel rooms, they, they just came out here for a dream. Why would they think that that was going to happen to them? And then you go in there and it's like, you're, you're in this place of like, there's this huge executive or this person who's doing this to me. I want to make my dreams come true. But if I rat them out, I know that that's never going to happen for me. So imagine being that woman then and thank God that they're speaking out now and we're making this movement. But I can't even imagine being in that place. I would have no idea what to do. Would you know what to do? I mean, like, I think it was maybe one of them was Mira Sorvino. She had said that 
um, she was blacklisted from Hollywood. And then when this whole stuff came out, she was blacklisted from Hollywood. She was, people told her, like, you're unhirable. Right. And she didn't even speak out. Like, it, it wasn't even wow. like a public thing. So imagine the power. It's It goes far beyond we're aware. Like, I'm so excited that the ball has begun to roll because now we are powerful. And it's a very exciting time to be a woman. It really mm-hmm. is. It has always I been exciting. I know. Like, it has been always been exciting for me, but it is a freaking exciting time to be a woman. And I am just, like, in awe of these women who are in the public eye speaking out. Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to happen anymore. And if it does happen, yeah. then they will get found out. Um, my mom actually recently visited me here in LA and she brought my niece, my 11 year old niece. And one of the, uh, while we were here and my niece, she was asleep. My mom and, and I talked about it. Uh, and cause she had told, she had posted on Facebook that me too, when everything just started breaking out. And that broke my heart because she's yeah. my mom. Yeah. And, and did you, I'm sorry to interrupt. Did yeah. you know about it prior to her No, posting? I didn't. I mean, yeah. and so we kind of talked about it yeah. and cause she, she was also curious to me. She brought it up. She was like, so I keep hearing this more and more in the news. And so she kind of shared with me her experiences of when she was younger, living in England and working in a factory. And that was just the behavior that that's just what always happened. And you just kind of lived with it. But then I just look at my niece, you know, and it's just, I am, I'm filled with hope, but also fear in a way, because I don't want that to happen to my niece. I don't want this to be a world where that, I, it should never have happened. But like, maybe we're now at this tipping point where maybe my niece can grow up and I hope not have to encounter something like this. So it, it was just like, recently it just kind of hit me finding out what happened to her. Um, it's also just been like, you look at the nation and you see the, houses that are being flipped in state houses and everything. And it's all because of women. Women are being brought into uh, positions of power now. And it's, Mm -hmm. that's the answer. And so many uh, more women are now voting and everything. And it's just, I think you're right, Megan. I think we're at the point now it's never going to happen again. Yeah. And it's so, it's exciting is the wrong word. It's inspiring to see more and more leaders uh, being filled by women because for too too long that has not been the case <laughs> oh, good, good. no i was just gonna say if there was ever a time for you to feel more hope hopeful for your niece yeah. is now it's, it is now the time is now mm-hmm. which is which is awesome so yeah. so coming from you know uh, obviously on set backgrounds as hosts and actresses um what what advice for anyone out there any uh, females or males out there listening would you give to uh, help kind of protect themselves or what to look out for or watch out for? I would say know your surroundings and get as much information about, you know, where you're going as possible. Because I mean, Jill and I have been in many situations where you show up to an audition and half the time it's sketchy AF. Like you have to walk down an alleyway. You don't know who is going to be there. You need to prepare, like let your parents, let a friend know the address of the audition where you're going. I'm not saying like to this to scare you. I'm just saying, be smart about your moves, be smart about what you do. And then also too know that you're, you're worthy that if that situation does happen to you, know that, you don't need to succumb to anything 
to get to that next level. You will get there no matter what because you're talented and because you're hardworking and that is never the answer. Right, Mm -hmm. absolutely. We actually talked about two things on our podcast that relate to this. One being the power of no, Mm -hmm. um, which is an amazing word and women need to be more comfortable with using it um, often because we don't say no enough. Um, and, and guys used to understanding what it means. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which is like a, a whole guys, other guys, problem. Spoiler alert. It means no. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It means get off. No, <laughs> I don't want that. No, thank back you. Up. Yeah. yeah. And then the other part of it is um, how to deal with harassment if you're already going through it. So that's, you know, confiding in somebody, letting them know whether they're in the situation with you or outside of the situation. You need to talk to somebody about it. You need to report it. Now, thankfully, you know, in the last six months, I think that these reports are being taken more seriously uh, because companies do realize that there could be ramifications if they don't follow through with something. Uh, And I, I, you know, I think that too, it has to do with the women, you know, if they file a report, they're going to follow up on it because nowadays if something happens like this is serious, it's always been serious, but now the women are being believed. Yeah. Yeah. So just making sure that you are telling whoever you can tell and reporting it and then also being direct. I think it's a it's an interesting thing, you know, the way that some women were raised, not that I was raised to be submissive, but when you think about a partnership between a man and a woman or even a man and a man or a woman and a woman, you know, you think one dominant, one submissive in every situation. So in this case, you have to be dominant and you have to say, if something sounds inappropriate, like if you were to say something inappropriate to me, I would say, hold on. I'm not comfortable with the way that you talk to me. Rephrase what you just said. I feel bad. I didn't I mean, say but, no, but like, but even <laughs> I know she means it. I know, you know? I'm like, like, damn. Because I, I've come into a situation where, say, somebody who is of equal power to me or even of lesser power to me talks down to me, and it's like, no, I, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. You don't need to speak to me that way. And it's like women get this bad rap, and they get called a bitch for saying what they want. But like they wouldn't even question if it was a guy, if a guy said that. And it's really interesting that you're bringing this up because on when I was talking to them on the other on this podcast, um, I was telling them there was a situation that happened at work where I'm I feel like I'm def- redefining myself in the workplace of being like bubbly, positive Megan, and also like having the authority that you have, which I admire, and I need to learn more. Uh, like I need to learn about that from you because it's like yes, you're positive. You get things done. You're a nice person, but also like, don't mess with me. And I need to do that more. You know, I think you brought up something really interesting where it talks about like, you know, it's not just sexual harassment. There's harassment of all kinds. And it's, it's, it's even being belittled and, and talked down to where no matter, no matter, no matter stature in, in seniority in a workplace, no one should ever be talked down to. Everybody should be respected for what they're doing from PAs to executives that PA is working just as hard, hopefully, as you are and should be respected for that. And they're making less money. So it's one of those things where I feel like there's that looking out for all of that and speaking out, like you said, like, no, no, you don't you don't talk to me like that way. You know, and if you don't feel comfortable in that moment, find someone who has a little bit of that power to go to that you feel comfortable sharing that with. Like, hey, this happened and I, I, I didn't feel comfortable saying anything at that moment, but. I, you know, I just needed to tell you that this happened. And most of the time, hopefully that person will, especially now, will do something about it. I would love for us to get to a point where we can just say how we feel mm-hmm. and mean it. 
Yeah. And it's, it's just frustrating because I obviously, everyone has a filter. Well, actually, no, some people don't have filters, that I've been, <laughs> which is, is fine. And that's a whole other thing. But, you know, like I can say what I want in a tactful way and have the point be driven home and be comfortable with, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be with an attitude. It doesn't have to be with any sort of tone. It's just like, hey, listen, you know, you said this to me. It made me feel uncomfortable. Please don't ever say anything like that to me again. And, and, and that's really it. And, and it's so simple. It's, it's such a simple concept. Right. I, what I, oh, I was just going to say what I appreciate about that is that you, you nip it in the bud right when it happens. Don't let it just right. sit and linger right. and fester because I, I work in a medical office and there's high tension, big personalities happening all the time. And sometimes people will bark at you in a certain way. And if you don't address it, it just sits and it simmers and it spoils your day. And it probably spoils their day too. Yeah, so it does. Yeah. It's just good to be like, Hey, we're adults. Let's talk about it. Let's clear it up and move on. And the beauty of our situation too, which you don't always get is I know Jill, she's my best friend. So I know that's not her personality. So like when, if we're going to get in a fight, like I'm not going to hold a grudge against her because I know who she is as a person and she knows who I am as a person. Yeah. I need to be checked sometimes because I can be fluttery in my mind and like whatever. And you know, she was overwhelmed and like, we just, we worked it out and now I, and I think it's, it's so far so good where it's working. Well, and, and we'll talk about it. And I think that's, I think that's super important. <laughs> we'll have a meeting about it later. <laughs> no, I mean like we'll, we'll get yeah. into it later yeah. on. Well, the podcast. I think what you said is really important because I've, I've had with other people, I'm like, you know me. Like, you know, I wouldn't say something like that, like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you shouldn't, if you don't, we need to talk because you obviously are misunderstanding who Sometimes I am. Sometimes we just have moments. Oh, it's absolutely. Just like the moment happened. Yeah. You got to accept it. You got to move on. I try not to dwell. I used to be such a dweller. And then I became a manager and I'm like, I can't dwell on anything. That, that's a, that's <laughs> Let's a, just yeah. brush it off. That's, again, that's, that's being right. that's I'm a manager. Being, I can't dwell on anything. Like you said, that's being an adult. That's not letting something be like, uh, and calling me calling Megan. You know what Michael said to me? Michael was like, it's like, no, talk to Michael, not yeah. Megan. And you know what? It's I also find as an adult, oftentimes, if a person is having an issue and I, I feel like we're having a fight, oftentimes it's because something bigger is happening on their end that isn't well, re- that's ex- relating yeah, to what we're talking exactly about. That's exactly the situation. So, that's most of the time. Yeah, and so there, there have been situations where Daniel's messaging me or like maybe he gives me a note on the way I edited a podcast or something. And, Never. And I'm stressed out because I'm dealing with patients and doctors and stuff and then I see that note and it's just like, ugh, You're just you. caught off guard. I'm You're caught like, off guard. Oh, no. I'm totally <laughs> knocked off guard. And maybe... My response is a bit blunt. And then I just realized, wait a minute, that's not how I meant it. Uh, you know, it's totally, totally agree with you. It, our lives are so crazy on its own. And then when we're creatives are coming together and getting things done, like it's it's totally normal for things like that. Well, and there's been so there's been several times and I'm sure Michael on the same end where I've been like, he's probably busy. I know he's at work. <laughs> Well, just on the other on the phone with you the other day, yeah. I mean, bless your heart. You're is it just one kid? Yeah, the, the three year old, right? The three year old, yeah. yeah. He was like in the background, oh and my you God. did he was so all over balancing. the place. I'm like talking to Megan. I'm like, Nolan, what do you want? <laughs> Dad, <laughs> Dad, who are you talking to? I want to see. I want to see. I'm, there's no, nothing it's to not see. It's not FaceTime. I'm not FaceTime with anybody. And I'm like, and he's like, I, come, I want kid. you to come with me. Hang up the phone. <laughs> he's I'm like, like I'm Daddy's, a- Daddy's got to work, and then after I work, we can go. I can chase you all over this house. And I was just like, in a moment, I just kind of put myself in his. I was like, oh my gosh, like, bless your heart. Like, that's hard. It's it's, hard. it's, a, it's adorable, but at the same time, it's like, no, I'm just going to play with your toys. Um, no, I get, thank I, you. I can't it. imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine. So something that got brought up in our previous conversation with this was the idea of like witch hunts and, uh, you know, social media juries and, uh, you know, due process and people just possibly losing their careers based on an accusation that with maybe no 
evidence, quote unquote, being brought up. What are your thoughts about that and the people that I'm not, you know, I'm not saying either way or which way is right, but what are your thoughts in that situation? As far as the witch hunt per se, quote unquote, um, I have a constant inclination to believe the woman, the accuser. Um, Some of the details are too crazy not to believe and being somebody that has also faced um, sexual misconduct, things like that. You know, it, it's it's a really it's a really tough thing because even for these women to come out and talk about it, um, it's really hard. It, it's it's hard to not only like admit, but like then be in the public eye and like really you know put yourself out there. And obviously, there's both sides always. And with the social media jury, you know, say somebody like a lot of people were tweeting out their sort of stories, which like I give so much respect because that is just like such a public forum and these women and men courageous, just like my heroes. Um, But then obviously you have people that are then harassing them online saying like, well, you're a liar. You're ugly. He would never go after you. Like, so it's, it's such a hard situation. And like, we're in award season and the whole, it's just, Uh, Here's where I'm at. I'm going to kind of take the other side. I completely agree with what you're saying. Obviously, we've it's incredibly courageous when women come forward. Um, But I am also a huge believer in being innocent until proven guilty. And I feel like in this day and age with social media, everyone is so on the negativity train. And when someone says one thing, someone just piles on without really being educated about the situation. And someone's life can be 100% ruined for something they didn't do or something that was taken to an extra essential, if that's even a word, level. And And they have to like go into hiding. Like, I'm not sticking up for Billy Bush at all, but the fact that we have a president that is a complete idiocracy, whatever, and Billy still doesn't have his job. I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not saying what, like he, as a man, like, kind, but also in that kind of situation, when you're uncomfortable and you're with someone that you feel like is superior on that level and you're interviewing and you feel uncomfortable. I've been in a situation live on the pre liars after show where one of my co-hosts said something instead of sticking up, for, um, you know, body shaming, I laughed and I will forever be haunted by that because it always comes back always on Twitter. And I'm always, and it's like, that's not who I am. Please don't judge my character because of something stupid that I did. And again, that's a completely different level of, you know, obviously women coming forward that have been sexually assaulted. Yeah. It's and and that's what it's about. It's this weird catch 22 where obviously like I, I, I want to believe any woman that speaks out. And I, I feel like that is the strongest thing you go to years. I mean, seventies, fifties, sixties, forties, where if someone, a woman came up and said, this happened to me, they were blamed. They were put on blast. They're like, no, I know this guy. He would never do that. And it's like, okay, we are at a time where we have to like, at least listen. And I think that's where it comes from listening to them and then having some sort of investigation I get what you're saying, but also like, here's another situation, right? Paul Marciano, who is the head of Guess, um, he apparently has, you know, whatever, reportedly, allegedly um, assaulted women, harassed women. They said that he was leaving his day-to-day duty to then, you know, relinquish that so he's not involved and that they're launching an investigation, Okay, that's great. I love investigations. His lawyer is doing the And that's the biggest problem. And it goes kind of one, one of the things we talked about before is HR. And HR can't protect the company. They need to protect 
human resourced people, Mm -hmm. the people who are humans. That's Mm -hmm. their job. And the problem is it's now become a business to protect the company. You hear so many stories like I went to HR and they didn't do anything. Right, right. And it's because they couldn't. This person was untouchable or somebody told them to kill it. And it's like that's that's where I think a lot of the change has to start corporately is HR either needs to be independent from the company where it doesn't have any stake in the company itself or who works for them or something needs to be better in that sense. Because then you can have these balanced investments. Not that there's investigation wasn't balanced or anything like that. But there definitely needs to be, again, I I believe, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. So investigations do need to happen, but people need to be listened to and not been like, well, he's not, no, he's not, blah, 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 liar, liar. It's like, no, no, no. Let her speak her truth. Let him speak his truth. And we'll, let's figure out the truth. And, and, and if it's because there's insufficient evidence, that is a shame and that is terrible. But we also live in a country of due process. Well, here's an interesting take. Like it's about also where you're presenting your story on what platform. So we kind of, you know, the Aziz Ansari story got a lot of traction because the accuser decided to go to this website that nobody's heard of called babe.net and share her story, an unedited version of a retelling of what happened between her and him. Now, if she would have gone to Variety or The Hollywood Reporter or e, LA Times, LA Times, yeah, I think that the whole, whatever transpired from that, it would have been completely different because not only was she like, she was immediately discredited. Obviously, like there are people on both sides of the fence, but it's also how you approach it. See, I think the opposite. I no, I think like if you're going to go to a small source, it's you saying like, "Listen, I'm ready to tell my story, but I don't need the you know if the world hears it, fine. It's not for money. But I feel like if someone goes straight to Variety, I mean, powerful, yeah, but also I question their motive. For me, it's I I have many people that I love and respect, men and women who have used that term, the witch hunt. Like you know, it feels so unfair. And for me, what I kind of just tell them is, look, you're you're not the judge, you're not the jury. For me, right now, I just need to listen. Yeah, I, I need to listen to both sides, and ultimately, a decision or an outcome will be reached, and we'll know the truth. Hopefully, if the investigation is balanced and everything like that, but. What's important is that these stories are still being heard, I think, um, because so, for so, so long, they haven't been. They have been just, you know, put down, on, you know, underneath the table. No one's ever going to talk about it again, swept under the rug. Yeah. And, and witch hunt to me is a harsh word that I, I don't agree with at all. I don't, I'm not saying But, but it, it is but the term due, that due is being process used. is more the, the thing I really wanted to bring up because that has become a topic of, you know, somebody says something and all of a sudden I lose my job and of my course. career out of nowhere. Um, now I, I know we need to get to other things, so I don't want to stick. To, uh, we could talk all day. About <laughs> this. You know, I think we could have, a, this a, is already marathon. our second podcast episode kind of about <laughs> yeah. this topic. It's yeah. a marathon conversation. So I just want to kind of get to the last part here. You know, a new day is on the horizon. Uh, Oprah had that very strong, meaningful speech, uh, for young girls and how their truth is, your, you know, truths are being spoken. How can we as artists and as entertainers, uh, people on set, uh, whether hosting or reality or non-reality, how can we be better? And what do you think? And if you guys, you know, for guys, how can we be better? How can, you know, everyone be better? And what is the message right now that's coming out of this to young women and young men out there trying to pursue this career or any career? Well, first and foremost, 
stop normalizing the behavior. Mm-hmm. If you see something, say something. How long we have heard that since we were ch- children, mm-hmm. you know. So if you see something that looks off, say something. If you see a girl, if you're a guy, if you see a girl being harassed, say something to the harasser. Stand up. You know, like we have to. I know that some people just aren't confrontational and they think that it's not their place to get involved, but we also just can't normalize the the speak, the behavior, you know, whatever. And just for girls to know that it's okay to stand up for yourself. It is okay to be a confident woman. You know, we we should be raising our kids to be these like confident, amazing world changers because they are. They really are. Like look at Florida. I mean, look at Florida. I mean, like, do you not like stare in your son's eyes and it's just like, you're the future. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I, every, I, yeah. I, I, I talk to him like an adult sometimes where I'm like, you're never going to say that to a woman. Like I tell him, and he's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I want that, I want that toy. And I'm like, I just want you to know, I'm going to continue telling you this <laughs> yeah. as you grow up. Like you're going to change the world. Like I want you to hear this now mm-hmm. as you grow up. Cause that's yeah. important. And I think it's important for, you know, to tell women, especially that like their opinions should be heard. They want to be heard. It's okay to speak up. That's, I just, I, I like really, I mean, I'm saying this now, but I really hope I have a daughter because like, I just, I want to see what she grows up as. Yeah. And like, I just have like a twinkle in my eye all the time. And like, I can't even imagine seeing that with somebody who has my DNA. It's like, th- this is a powerful thing. This is a powerful time. It's not done, Megan. Like no. this is, this is it. So we need to raise really confident confident and not cocky piggybacking off of what Jill said it is I I love our generation and the the little generations that we're going to make because we are a generation that does um stand up for ourselves and you know with the power of social media and being heard um we're doing it in a very impactful way and I love that and it's beautiful it's scary but it's beautiful and I'd say you know if you're on set and um and a male and and even females, you know, always just take the professional approach, you know, never assume that someone's going to be okay with a joke, know your audience, um, and just be professional. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll reiterate. I think what we kind of talked about was no matter where you're working, it's an office. Yes. You're on set. It's an office. You're outside. It's an office. You're in a a living room recording a podcast. It's an office. Mm -hmm. Um, so treat it as such. And that I think I, to me, that's the best way to look at it in the long run. But I, I thank you so much. Like all of that was amazing. And I've always said, if I ever have a girl, which I'm hoping our second one is a girl mm-hmm. for Halloween, I want her to wear a princess dress with MMA gloves. Yes! <laughs> like, I, I want her to be like the warrior princess. She can like, be whoever she wants to be. Absolutely. Yes. Like that idea, like you can be either or you can be a fireman that wears a skirt. Like you can yes. do whatever you want to do. <laughs> Hey everyone, just wanted to take a quick pause to remind you that we have a fantastic hustle contest going on right now. Our previous guest, Alexandra Boylan, from episodes 53 and 54 of our podcast, have given us several copies of her book, Create Your Own Career in Hollywood, advice from a struggling actress who became a successful producer to give away to you. Now, just in case you don't remember who Alexandra is, Michael, let them know. Discipline to not give up. Even if you feel like, you know, even if something falls through, you have to figure out something else to not just say, okay, that didn't work out. We're halfway through, but we lost this thing. Okay, give up. That discipline. It was the very beginning, the beginning stages of me learning discipline. And because I definitely in my early, I will say in my 10 years out here, I was very always like, oh, I want to do this. And then I'd be like, oh, that'll take too long. Forget it. 
And then two years will go by and I'd be like, well, if I had done that idea, that'd be done by now. And now I have nothing to show for anything. Now that you've gotten your memory refreshed, if you go to our website, www.hollywoodhustlepodcast.com, scroll down, you will see a link to a listener survey. Fill out the survey, submit it to us, and you will be entered to win a possible copy of Alexander's book. And that's not all. If you go to iTunes and leave us a review, you will have a second entry into the contest. Two chances to win a copy of Alexander's book. So take the survey, leave us an iTunes comment, and you will be entered to win. And if you've already left us an iTunes comment before, you already have an entry in if you fill out a survey. The survey has to come first or be a part of your entry. Thank you so much, and now back to this fantastic episode. Take it back, Mike. That's be it, you know. Um, so on lighter things, but still kind of sticking with the uh, idea of empowerment and, and balance, we, you obviously, both of you do a lot of things. Um, you know, uh, both of you are, have jobs and also do the podcast and have other interests that you are pursuing. Michael has a full-time job that he does. He also presumes acting and podcasting. He has a girlfriend. He has friends that he has to <laughs> keep up with. I have a family. I have a kid. I, I have not a job, but I'm working on it. I'm looking for a job. I have the podcast, screenwriting. We all have various things we do. So let's talk about like balancing it all and what you guys do to stay organized and sane. Um, so let's kind of just real quick, just go with, I just want to talk about boss, please real quick. How did that start? How did it, you guys, you, you and uh, Joe, Dillian, uh, Megan and Melinda kind of come together for this? Well, I think in a similar situation to you and Michael, where you always have these ideas, but you never know how to do, do, you know, make it come to fruition. Jill and I have had a similar friendship. You know, we're both very creative. We're both go-getters and hustlers. And we've had uh, many conversations where we'd sit down and be like, what do we do? We need to create something. We need to do something, but nothing ever quite fit. And then, um, you know, I, I don't even know why I thought of a podcast because I never even listened to podcasts. <laughs> and so I think I approached Jill and we talked about it and she came up with the title. And so initially it was just going to be her and I. Um, and then I was talking about it with my friend Melinda, who Jill didn't know Melinda. And I chatted about it with her so she could be our first guest. Um. But she kind of loved the idea so much. And I thought, you know, wh- why not have three of us? Three, yeah. So we all met for coffee, similar to your Starbucks story. We all sat down and that's when Jill met Melinda. And um, I just sat there in awe because even though I sort of was like, okay, I, I love these two. Let's come together and do something. Let's do a podcast. That was as far as my, my mind went. And really Jill and Melinda picked things up and was like, this is what we need to do. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And they just had like a plan. And I was like, okay, we'll do this, we'll do this. And I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, it wouldn't be what it is without bringing the team together. Cause we each bring our own thing and Melinda bless our heart. She's the one that does our audio and editing and oh, nice. uploading and, and all that stuff. Um, Jill is amazing at getting guests. Melinda is too. If anything, I'm kind of the slacker on the podcast. <laughs> and she's laughing cause that's kind of what our fight was about. But, um, Megan, but, we, 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 this is all just the meeting to talk about your yeah. role really in the podcast. Need a venue, guys. aren't even on. Yeah. No, but I, I feel like my problem in talking about balance, I'm not good at it. I get very overwhelmed and in my head. And when I have a million things to do, I, I think regretfully and, and being honest, I put the podcast on the back burner because I know that I've their bosses and they got it. It's not fair. 
Um, so I do need, I need to work on balancing my life more. And I think being new to a full-time job is, is, is hard for me to get used to. Jill has had her job for a long time and clearly has a great system because she bosses everything. I'm still sort of feel like I just threw up all the balls and I'm trying to figure out how to juggle them. So I'm trying to work on it, but I think we're moving towards that. Yeah. It was interesting when we all came together, you know, I had met Melinda at the coffee shop first um, and Megan came a little bit later and we just like just started talking about our lives. And then Melinda and I realized that we are kind of alike in many ways and the way that we work and the way that we handle things. And it just grew from there. But yes, the running joke is that Megan has never listened to a podcast. <laughs> I, I listen to the uh, podcast, yes, now, you guys. Now. Do but you listen to your podcast? I listen to, I listen to- yeah, I listen to my podcast. Yeah. But she loves I, Boss, please. She loves it. But I literally had never listened to a podcast. So they were like telling me you need to, you know, do some homework. But I yeah. like the, like, I listen to like the Bachelor one. I listen, not the Bachelor ones, but I listen to the TV show. You know, yeah. they're fun. They're fun. Yeah. I mean, the podcast thing was kind of a natural transition for me because I had been hosting for After Buzz, which is a podcasting network doing um, show recaps. So I had been doing that for about four years, four and a half years. So I know how it runs. Obviously, you know, the ins and outs. I'm literally just going into a studio, sitting down, doing the recap, getting out of my seat and walking out and like they take care of it all. It's like magic. So uh, nice. Yeah. So this was a little bit different because like it's like, OK, now you have to do the you work. You have to do some work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's now been, you have to be the one to create the magic. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, it's been really great and really rewarding. And I think that the the main reason why we wanted to do it was because like like kind of similar to you, you know, we were, I was listening to podcasts and it's really frustrating when there's only famous people or there's only like really known businesswoman or, or whoever, like everyone has a name, like name recognition. And why not showcase the everyday woman? Because who's listening to the podcast, the everyday woman, like, why not? Like, let's like tap into that audience and then let's feed it because like, they're obviously hungry for content. So, us like bringing on a stay-at-home mom, bringing on a lawyer, bringing on an actress, like you get the glamour, don't worry. Um, But that's kind of where we found our sort of like sweet spot. You know, we showcase everybody because like every woman has an amazing story. I mean, I'm so glad that you guys have us on because we've been able to tell our story. Meg has been able to tell her story, which is so exciting. Um, And we're all special and and that's like a big part of it. But as far as balancing, you know, yeah, full-time jobs plus this, it's a lot of work and I work an East coast schedule. So I'm out of the house at four 30 in the morning. I get home at two 30 in the afternoon. And then like at two 30, I'm exhausted. That is my seven 38 PM. Like I, you know, the last thing I want to do is be on my phone and, you know, posting to social media or, you know, writing rundowns for guests or whatever. But I think we all decided that we're going to make this happen and we're going to commit. And once we made the commitment to each other, we realized we have to do this. And also just coming from the podcasting world, you know, consistency is key. No, absolutely. Oh, for sure. So if you're like down a week or two or like some people take month breaks, it, it doesn't work because then everyone's like, well, you're not podcasting. So I'm going to go find another podcast. Um, I totally get what you're saying, though, because it is – with me and Michael, it's become this weird thing where like you do find this back and forth of where you fit in the team based on your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, what do you feel like your strengths 
are that you do bring? I know you said you don't. Do you want to talk about what's happened? Well, I think honestly, what just happened is actually really cool and amazing. And even though it kind of transpired in a weird way, see, so we each had our roles, and my role was to like come up with the rundown, research our guests, and kind of produce the show, and also do the descriptions. Jill did social media, and Melinda obviously does all the audio and whatever, but the two of them do get a lot of guests as well. Like I, I think I have my first one that I got coming up. But they do a lot of work and they do a lot of outreach. And I think, so Jill was getting overwhelmed with the social media, but I felt like she kind of called me out on the, the, the um, group text that we the had. The balance of power. The balance of power. And she was basically like, listen, like you don't do anything <laughs> in, in, a, in a better way than that. And I was like, um, and I was sassy back and I was like, um, wait, hold up. This is what I do. This is what you do. This is what Melinda does. Is there a problem? And she was just like, well, yeah, like I'm doing stuff every day and you're doing stuff like maybe a couple times a week. Um, and I think I was just in the process of thinking like about I was in a very me mindset. I was like, yeah, well, I have a full-time job and I have two other side hustles and I do this podcast and like I have a million things I do, but everyone else has a million things they do too. So it's, you can't, so anyway, so we agreed. So I was like, I was a little salty because I wish Jill had just come to me and been like, listen, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I need help. But she just was like, and then you responded back with hashtag awkward <laughs> well i got defensive melinda yeah. was just quiet the whole time she didn't say anything um but then you know you had texted me and to make things but you're like listen i could have approached that differently and i'm really sorry and i was like no but you know what like after thinking about it this might be a good thing so i'm going to take over social media and she's going to take over what i was doing and i feel like it's awesome because I kind of like social media better. And I, and, and I think like it should have been that way in the first place because Megan is like, she loves Instagram, Facebook, like she's very active and I love social media, but I don't use it like professionally as much as she does. So she knows like tricks. She knows like the right hashtag to use. So when I had suggested it, it was out of anger, but then I thought about it and I'm like, Wait, we should switch. Because <laughs> after we both come down, I was like, wait, no, I think that's this, this makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like I'm a researcher, like that's what I do. I mean, when I interview people for work, it's like I'm creating rundowns. I'm I'm doing this stuff anyway. So as far as that, like it's it's great. And like I'm super type A. So like it's funny. Um and I didn't really like that job anyways. Yeah. We like keep everything in like a Google Drive. And hey, the, day so that, so yeah, anyway. the day that we switched, you haven't been in the Google Drive, have you? I literally no. organize everything. Folders, colors. <laughs> and she's like, this is amazing. I was like, I'm high right now. Oh my God. Oh like, my God. Yeah, no, I, I just would go in there and be like, blah, blah, blah. And, then like, <laughs> and I would like come up with the most generic questions knowing that we're so improvised. Like my questions would come off based of what our interviewer or interviewee whatever was saying to us. So Jill is going to nail this part because I'm, it just makes sense. Right. It makes sense. I well, think we found it. We well, found it. it. It was lucky that we worked on other collaborations before this because it helped us understand each other's strengths. Mm -hmm. And so like we worked on a, a lot of scripts and did like some paperwork stuff and all this stuff. So I knew like Michael is better at like a lot of the paperwork organizational type stuff. I'm more better. I'm better at like the writing to guests, like, uh, you know, write, writing letters, um, reaching out to people. Um, and also like, I mean, somewhat 
quote unquote lucky break that I was let go because now I have more time for social media. So it was, it was a nice balance at that he time. Can, he can absorb more of that like integral, like day to day, like must do all these yeah. things. Yeah. And social so, media you know, is so hard. It burns you out. Like by, I told, it's I told a him, job. I told him yesterday, like by Tuesday and Thursday, I'm like, I don't even want to look at my phone. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to know what people are saying about like us. schedulers <laughs> are the most amazing thing yeah. because you can just walk like, I, I sit down on a Sunday, do everything, That's true. let it go up. Like That's true. Oh, my gosh. And, and it's interesting that you guys had a switch moment because th- we had as well. Because when we initially launched, I was running the social media because I had done social media for a theater company here in North Hollywood. And I was doing I, it at the time. You were doing the social media for the theater and, time. And then, so I, I, so I kind of knew what I was doing and we had a strategy and and we also did have someone else on our team at the time taking care of the audio but then certain circumstances happened where he had to step out of the project. And for me, I think I was getting so used to the idea of social media only for work, work meaning this theater company or for this podcast that I was, I've been building up this wall in a way that like whenever I approached social media, even for myself, it felt like work. work. Mm-hmm. And it was getting reflected and the lack of output that was coming out on our social like, media. Uh, we don't have any tweets out today. Are you going to, you have some schedule? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then I was also starting to do a lot of the editing at the time. Like we would switch back and forth, like he'll edit one episode, but then for me and my brain, like I was like the way mine sounded a bit better. Like you have a formula. You're yeah, like, okay. I, well, I well, that's, well, that's the same thing. Also another job that I used to have now that Jill is going to have as I wrote the descriptions, but then I would send it out and Jill would just rewrite it anyways, which I was fine with because she always made it I'm sound an, better. I'm an editor. Like that's what I do for a living. But so like, I'm like, it could, yeah. like also, but it just makes it. I don't know yeah, why we didn't do it sooner. Sense. It just makes sense. See, I, and, and it also like Michael is very detailed. He's a detail person. I am not. I'm a big picture guy. I don't, I, I need to, and I try, I've gotten a little bit better, but it works for me to look at, okay, the overall idea strategy for social media, what do we need to do and taking it day by day, which has helped me to be a little better on detail, but with like sound editing, he's better at getting those details sure. and looking at what makes something sound better. Learning our, we have a new editing suite that we use really delving into that and learning the ins and outs of that where I'm better at getting on the university of YouTube and searching, how can I Instagram <laughs> and like learning from people who are influencers and yeah. Instagram and, and, uh, marketing geniuses and stuff like that, that fit me better. So it is a process of like, as you go, you're going to find like, okay, maybe you're a little better at this. Maybe this is where I think I should like be. We're, we're not definitely, uh, there are more growing pains to come, I'm sure. But I oh, think this was, probably a, this was probably like a really big hurdle that, and, and hopefully like it clicks. And it's funny because Melinda too is very good at social media and she's always like giving us like tips that yeah. we didn't know or like oh yeah all the tips yeah like did you guys know that when you comment on something in order to get the post boosted it has to be four words so like I'm all about free advice is the best advice so when I heard that I was like great four words gotta like come up with a little doc that has different forward like yeah. oh my god you're so like love the outfit girl like I'm exactly. just like commenting on random people's posts hoping that you know they'll, they'll comment on ours exactly but like you know, Melinda kind of knows all that stuff too, because she's really into social media and she's verified, um, across. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this from like episode one, we, we interviewed, uh, Jessica Hanna, who runs a theater in LA, the bootleg theater, which is gorgeous. I was terrified. It was my first outline. Like my outlines have changed since we started my in our interviews. Yeah, Thank well, you so like much. Amazing and extensive and listeners. He had this to us like early in the week. Yes. Yeah, I did. I know <laughs> like, that's always a goal, but no at rest. least Tuesday. I literally had the descriptions, which was 
about half a page. <laughs> and I had it to them probably 10 minutes before I showed up. Megan Lamontagne, stop putting yourself down. No, I'm you're, very okay. self deprecating You are a boss. Um, but a self deprecating The boss. first episode we did, we, we knew we were doing two episodes with each guest. The first episode was almost this continuation of different topics, including Los Angeles. And originally it was going to be the first part, your history. Second part's all about L.A. And then I realized we're going to run out of things to talk about L.A. Right, right. And also, I, was, I told him after um, our, fir- our first one, I called him. We went our separate ways. And I called him, and he was like, how do you think that went? I was like, it went great. I think, how do you feel? He's like, I think, I was like, but from now on, I want you on act two. Because I feel as a roundtable discussion, it doesn't make sense to have just two people. So mm-hmm. let's have you on to have that third energy. Yeah. So, like, you will discover those things easily as you go on. And, like, we're, we're still finding out things as we go and like yeah michael's definitely been me getting better at at outlines i also go to him because there's outlines we have an agreement that if it's a friend of ours we make the outline yeah so if it's a friend of his he makes the oh outline yeah, yeah. Makes because sense. he knows him better mm-hmm. so but he would give me these outlines that I, honestly i had to tell him you need to cut it down a little bit <laughs> because this is so confusing he's of the this, paper man of oh, course he has there's so exactly. there's so much information and i'm like oh my gosh you I didn't can't. tell me how much research you didn't <laughs> want like, literally like a two-page just first act i'm like dude you gotta oh cut this gosh, down so i know funny. you're trying to help me and i totally appreciate that but i am confused and tired <laughs> just reading this yeah. but like we found a nice middle ground and his still a little more detailed but i've definitely learned from him on detailing mine out a little bit more so i appreciate that thank you yeah. i work really hard and like i told megan she was i've like she was the first guest i really found a ton of information about mm. online which really helped just to build that yeah up. this is like a michael style outline i, I, I go i go and look at yours on? sometimes buddy and i just go what did michael do <laughs> um so i know we have to kind of wrap it up uh and i i, I want to do a game with you guys because I spent time putting it together. So I don't want to waste <laughs> it. Uh, so real quick, before we do this game, uh, where can people find you? Awesome. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jillian Leff, and you can find me on Facebook at Jillian Leff official. And then if you want to follow um, our uh, boss, please Instagram, it's at boss, please pod. And that's on all social platforms. And then, yeah, as I said before, mega boss, M-E-G-H-A underscore boss and on Instagram. Uh, these girls are great. Listen to their podcast, boss, please. It is fantastic. It's on iTunes, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, and probably a thousand other places, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so. As I said, I did some extensive research on both of you guys. And one of those things was kind of watching your products that you've put out in the past, interviews, host duties, and stuff like that. So you guys have said some funny things in your uh, various different hosting duties. And so I wrote a few (laughs) of them down under a different title, under whose it was. And I want to see if you know who said it. So let's let's ask, whose line is this anyway? (laughs) So I have them numbered. I want okay. you guys to take turns picking a number. It's one through nine. So we're going to take turns picking a number, and I'll read it. And whoever thinks it's theirs, just say your name. Okay? Okay. okay. So let's, Megan, let's go with you. You pick the first number. Okay. Wait. One through one nine? Through, one through nine. Two. Two. All right. Number two is, <clears throat> so remember, if you're into computer programming, sexy Harvard nerds, and Facebook creeping, that was, I was just going to say that definitely had to be Jill. Yeah, I hosted this video for, a, a, it was called Real Reactions, and um, it was about the social network. That was, I cut that out because I didn't want to give that yeah, away. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I interviewed people right as they walked out of the movies. That, nice. Oh, I remember that. This on your yeah. reel. Yeah. It's real, R-E-E-L for people wondering. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't even know if it's around anymore. That was like, it was through um, AMC. 
I could tell it was probably an AMC theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. it was right in the Boston Common, that one, yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. All right, pick a number between one and nine. Well, nine is my lucky number. Nine, so. all right, let me find nine here. Okay, <clears throat> I felt like after the movie, it was a little bit Sex in the City meets English country style. That was also me. Yeah, I was like, that wouldn't... That, that would is correct. Yeah, that just having made the really comment about is. the movie, I yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, you pick two close together. <laughs> oh, um, let's, go with, let's go with one. One, all righty. <clears throat> Ben comes out and is like, I might be bisexual. We're all like super intrigued. And then she's like, wait, hold up. I'm with Tyler Posey. And we're all like, shut up, girl. <laughs> wait, that was, I think that's that was from my, that was definitely me. That was way I, too I, many I, words. I knew the way you said it. I was like, oh, this is a hundred percent me. I did it in like a good night. This, I, honestly, this may be really easy. I just thought it'd be funny to say some of these lines. That is hysterical. <laughs> oh that is God. definitely me. I couldn't even get the pitch though. Cause you're like, shut up. You're like, you had such I a high pitch. I think that's like, Really, like, close up on my reel. That was, was like, that clever? clever. It was on an episode of Debatable. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next number. Jillian. Um, uh, three. Three. Absolutely. Here we go. We're here for a night of spicy Latin flavor, and I am ready to dance. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We, um, so, like, what we do sometimes for our reels is we do, like, pickup shots places. So, that just happened to be outside the TD Garden in Boston. Um, and, there was some sort of Latin concert. Maybe it was Jennifer Lopez. I don't. It know. was Jennifer Lopez. It was yeah. okay. Cool. Yeah. So I just pretended like I was a that host is for TD. Amazing. And like put a lower third that like I'm a host for TD, even though I'm not a host That's for amazing. TD. That's amazing. <laughs> it was so funny because you're like a little Latin flavor. Fake it till you make it. All right, that. Megan. Wait, what number did you just pick? Oh, Three. okay. Um, five. Five is fine. Five is perfect. <clears throat> oh no, tequila tip makes you take your clothes off. I said that. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, I could see myself saying that, but I don't think it was me. Um, yeah, I was yeah, interviewing sorry. like part. Uh, so I, I moved That's back to dirty Boston. Dirty Water Friday. Yeah, so I moved back to Boston after school, and part of my job was to like literally interview drunk people, <laughs> and that was a part of it. It was a blast. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. Great. All right, Miss mm-hmm. Jillian. Um, four. Four, absolutely. They met working out. If that's not goals, I don't know what is. I don't know how many times I go to the gym and I'm like, I want, I want, I want, I want. You clearly know who the more educated one of the two of us is. Um, That was definitely me. Uh, Yeah, I was talking about um, Demi Lovato because she was going out with uh, an MMA MMA fighter. And they met at the gym. Uh, I, I, I like I want, it. I want, it's so clear, like who the quotes yeah, are. It well, <laughs> it's not really a game. No, it's, I just I, honestly, they were just. I just watched these, and I was like, I've got to share some of these quotes because they're so, so funny. funny. All right, uh, next one. Okay. Oh, um, eight. Eight's fine. I think we haven't done eight yet. Nope. <clears throat> Spending the day in the bathroom sounds pretty crappy. <laughs> Get it? That was me again. Yep. <laughs> I was talking about Camila Cabello because she was recording something in the bathroom and I thought I'd make a fun pun and be your like, face, you didn't say get it. I had to say crappy. it, but your face is just like, ah, uh, 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 like, get it. Uh, <laughs> I thought that'd be for the PU patrol. I'm surprised. Oh no. There, was, there were other many puns in that okay. one. All right. Julian. Uh, six. Six. Mm. If they had never been together, we would not have half the songs on the bangers album. Me. That was yeah. Me- yeah. that was definitely yeah. me talking mm-hmm. about Liam Hemsworth and Miley Cyrus. Because yeah, I mean, like, we got a lot of good quality material some, from some that songs breakup. Bangers. And so it's the last one is seven. <clears throat> now I want to know the hottest thing you've done to pick up a guy in a bar. That was me. Yeah, it was. And I actually got some really interesting answers. Well, do yeah. you remember like a, a favorite answer from that? Um, well, that was like in the same conversation as the tequila conversation. <laughs> 
So like one it was, it was, I think it was like around the same person. Yeah. I didn't add it to my reel, but one girl said that she flashed a guy and then he <laughs> talked to her. I was like, that's it. That's not a pickup line. <laughs> it's yeah. not a pickup line. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, girl. But that's like, just cool. awkward. Yeah. Good that luck. That was a fun game, Daniel. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Just, I, they were too funny not to share. I was like, they're going to get it. But I so I saw like especially like the, I I want I want I want I want I want I want, I want, I want. It was amazing. There's a, there's a few others I was like I could choose this choose this one but there's too many already. Uh, thank you so much, ladies. It was a blast talking to you. Thank I you. mean, you are literally the best. The podcast is amazing. Michael, once again, thank you, sir. Oh th- no, just thank you both for being here. We really mm-hmm. really appreciate it. It's been so much fun uh, catching up with you guys, learning about you and Megan, catching up with you. Yes. And let's reach out to more podcasts because podcasts bring the world together or divide them. Who knows? <laughs> and keep up the hustle. Bye. <laughs> And welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was so much fun to sit down with Megan and and Jill and just talk to them about these issues that are still prevalent in our world right now. And I just read an article recently where someone talked about how we're trying to figure out what the social script is in the aftermath of the Me Too movement and how it's not for one person to write that script. And so I think it's so important for us to continue to have these conversations, even if certain things are repeated, it's important to keep it in the public mind and the public eye. So uh, it was really great to sit down with them and talk about those and podcasting. And I hope you really enjoyed it. But I am not alone. Sitting quietly and awkwardly listening to everything I say is your producer, my producer, Mr. Michael Lutheran. (laughs) Hey, hey, everyone. Yes, I am sitting here quietly in my closet uh, so just waiting st- to speak. A, a creeper. Yeah. <laughs> such a creeper. It, hey, it's the best place for sound recording. Natural <laughs> soundproofing. Sound, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? Hey, uh, I'm great, man. Yeah, just kind of echoing or, you know, speaking to what you were just talking about there. Uh, it's just so important to keep having this conversation. I think we had it back in November with Allie Williams and so much has happened in the country and especially in the entertainment industry since then. Like in the past couple of weeks, Harvey Weinstein has turned himself in. So, you know, and been indicted. He, and he's been indicted. So, you know, there there is progress being made and so much other stuff has come about since then. So I think, you know, yes, this is a podcast about artists and entrepreneurs, but this is also I think people listen to it because it's about Los Angeles. It's about what's happening here. And Me Too uh, and the Time's Up movement, is this is definitely one of the big uh, set pieces, as it were, for this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what's what's been going on in Senor Michael's life? In Michael land. What's going on in Michael's <laughs> land? Oh, man, it, it feels like so much has happened since we last talked. Like, I went to Ojai over the Memorial Day weekend, got to check out of L.A. for roughly kind of 24 hours, had to fight that itch of like thinking about podcast stuff that I got to do or stuff for Met again. But it was a beautiful time. Got to spend time with Karen and our friends up there. And I also had the second dress rehearsal for Met again. This was so interesting because our director is officially back from Hawaii 
Uh, he told us some amazing stories about seeing the lava and stuff that's going on out there. But so the past two weeks, as you know, and our listeners know, uh, we've been working with the playwright and he's kind of been leading rehearsals a little bit, like sticking to the direction that Sean left us, but, you know, giving us pointers here and there. And we also had to do a lot of cutting. Like I cut a ton of my monologues and just certain moments that we felt was slowing down the story. Well, um, if yeah, if if I may, real quick, um, one of the hazards of a, a writer of a specific uh, play or a, a creative venture um, is that sometimes they try to impress too much of their original thoughts when they wrote the script on the mm-hmm. actors, and and not giving the actors the freedom to reinterpret those those ideas. Um, is is that something that you had to deal with with this writer, or was he a lot more freeing and understanding of giving you guys those room, uh, giving uh, you guys that space? Sure. Oh, not at all. Jake Smith is just such a like. It's so interesting because like Jake is the playwright and Sean is the director, and they both have different energies. Like Sean is like you know frantic and he's like feeling it, and like when he's directing you, like he can't stop bouncing on his feet because that's just how he is and it's awesome and whereas Jake he's like more of a sit back and and watch and and listen to the actors and you know he was totally open when we you know because he he approached us about some cuts and you know we had our quote-unquote fights about things that we thought were important that shouldn't be cut but then he was also totally down to hear our thoughts of what could be cut what could stay um you know I I suggested a moment when I you know, there's a big monologue towards the end of the show that I have where I'm, my character's reflecting on a certain period in his life and what he did to transition out of it. And I had a good chunk of text. And I suggested, rather than saying all this, what if we just have a physical moment where I'm on stage sitting in my car and it's just complete silence and I, my character, you know, turns on the radio, listens to some music and decides to turn it off. And all of that would basically say what the playwright was trying to say with words. And he was like, right. oh, my God, that is such a better idea of that moment. Uh, let's go with that. And so now that's been incorporated into the show. And, and I'm sure there was moments of like compromise where you may have had an idea. He had an idea and, you know, he you went with his way. And, and sometimes like just now you went with your way and just finding that healthy debate and, yeah. and conversation. Absolutely. And, you know, because we all understand also that we have to hit a 70 minute uh, time lock. Like we can only go up to 70 minutes because of or this the festival stage blows format. Up, correct. What's that? Yeah. Uh, the, stage the stage will explode. Up. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then what's interesting is that with Sean coming back and having completely been off the grid for two weeks, and that was kind of by choice, he wanted to enjoy his vacation. So he came back and, like, he's been having to understand the cuts that were made, and then he's kind of inserted some moments that we had cut back in, you know, and this is just, mm. you know, moments of a few seconds, but they do have an emotional weight to the story, and especially, like, it's, they have connecting ties later on in the show, so, you know, we the on our second dress, we had gone from 68 minutes on our first dress rehearsal, and we were at 70 minutes and 52 seconds. Um. Mm. So it's definitely, I think part of it was like us actors still getting used to the tech. We had more right. sound cues this time. 
I had just been told like, oh, we're adding these lines back in to a specific scene. So when we got to that point of the play, I had to slow down a little bit to hit that correctly. But um, yeah, it, it's still good. And, and we're at at the end of it all, the director said like, guys, we need an audience. Like we can keep mm-hmm. trying and we can keep trying and running it, running it. But you guys are just so ready for an audience, you know, doing outside rehearsals of practicing specific moments may do more damage than good at this point because I can't imagine like leaving for two weeks and then coming <laughs> as a director and then coming back to in, in a way a completely new version of the play well and, so, and it's interesting because you know, like when he I can tell you that like I've gone through a lot of growth with this character I've come to a lot more ideas and that just mm-hmm. time span that he's been away and so you know, there were certain questions that he had at the end of the run that was like, so why did you do it this way? And so I kind of told him my process and like what the playwright and I had talked about. And he's like, okay, I like that. Let's just, he, and then he just kind of gave me a little bit of redirection, not away from what I was working towards, but just to, if you're going to do that, I need to see this then, right. if that makes well, sense. Maybe Michael in this scene, you don't jump off the stage and grab an audience member. <laughs> I feel like that may be too aggressive to get the moment across. Don't go up to every single audience member and ask them, how did you meet? How did you meet? <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be very fringe. That would be very Hollywood broke fringe. the fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> how oh. did you meet? How did you meet? But you have to say it in such like a stern, how did you meet? Exactly. And then I'll blow smoke like, in their face. Like aggressive, like you're pointing someone out for doing something wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, and like speaking of like audience participation and stuff, last night I went to my first Fringe show um, also at the studio stage that it's the other play that Theater Unleashed is doing for Fringe. And it's a very diehard Christmas we and wish you a Bruce Willis. We wish we- you a Bruce Willis. <laughs> Funny enough, that song is not in there, but I mean, it is like uh, a holiday Lost opportunities, parody. Michael. Lost opportunities. L- missed opportunities. But I did get to be in the show, actually, towards the very end. Uh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. It's spoilers. Santa comes to save the day at the very end of the show. So uh, Greg Crafts, the director, reached out to me and asked if I could be the secret Santa for this show uh, so that I could plug Met again at the end of the show. So it, w- it was just, it's a crazy show, buddy. I hope maybe you and I can go see it. Uh, are you a big right. Die Hard fan? Oh, I love Die Hard. Yeah, then you'll, you'll love it this show. It is a Christmas movie. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it, it this show is completely ridiculous, but hilarious and and a lot I just of have fun this image of you in a santa suit and then going now that i've saved i saved nakatomi plaza let me tell you about this story about love and pain <laughs> all the while holding a giant machine gun which i was <laughs> yes <laughs> which will also be incorporated into the new version of metagen <laughs> yes while you're in the audience forcing people to relive how they met yes exactly uh how about you man how's this past week been uh, it's been it's been pretty good, man. Uh, work's been good. Still don't know anything about the future of the job, uh, but we're so just still on the just... edge of our seats for you here, man. I, trust me, so am I. <laughs> I I am. It's like being stuck in limbo, and and not and no one can really like give me a lot of things because what's the point of teaching me something if I'm going to be gone in like two weeks? 
But then at the same point, I'm like, please give me more work because <laughs> I need more to do. And last, actually last night, funny enough, as we record this, I actually ran into my old boss at the gym uh, near my oh, house. Really? <laughs> yeah, she she was leaving. Um, and I was I went late because I got a haircut yesterday, and so I went right after the gym. And I was waiting until I got the okay to come home that the kid had fallen asleep, and she was <laughs> leaving and saw me sitting at a table after my workout, and uh, we chatted and caught up. And I told her the same thing. I was like, I just feel like I'm in limbo with this job, and and um and that I can't really plant my feet in it and and that's really frustrating because I just feel like I'm I'm like teetering on it and are you, um and are you so, considering like sending out your resume to other places just in case well th- well that's the other thing is like I I kind of am but I'm doing it very sporadically I'm not intensely doing it because I don't want like you know two three offers to come and then still have to wait like well I don't know if I'm getting this job and I have to let them know and and so sure. I'm kind of looking for like specific stuff that looks really great and, and sending my resume. But that again, that's the problem is like, I need to know if I'm still going to be here in two weeks. And if not, then I could be a little more aggressive about the job hunt. So um, have, there's a lot of factors let, that go into it. Have you let your bosses or this production company know like, Hey guys, I need to know, like I'm I'm starting to send out my resume. Like I don't, I don't know. Would that be a good idea to kind of put the pressure on them? Like, guys, I really like working here, but well, if I, I mean, don't get I, an answer, I need to start figuring something else out. Right. Well, I mean, the biggest thing, and I think I mentioned this in my my inserts for last week, you know, we had, we had a flood at the office. And so nobody was really at the office that last week. And this week, my boss decided to take a vacation. And so he's in Mexico. He's been in Mexico all week. So I don't know if they've even had a chance, you know, him and and Jen, my other boss, and and Britta, who's the head of HR, I don't know if they've had a chance to even sit down and and discuss the options, uh, myself and the external people that came in to interview. So I don't want to say anything until I know they've had that adequate time to actually discuss it. You know what I mean? Sure, um, definitely. So so here's hoping. I'm hoping uh, he's back next week, so I'm hoping I hear something then. Um, but we'll see. But until then, um, my... <laughs> Uh, until then, you know, uh, one of the things last week that I challenged myself to do was to, um, keep a positive outlook on the week. Uh, um, anything that maybe went down, whether it was a challenge or a reward, um, is trying to find the positive outlook of it and kind of cu- see how I feel coming out of the week. And I also challenged uh, our listeners to do the same. And kind of as a result of that, I, I actually felt I came out of the week feeling really refreshed, which is weird, uh, weird. But I, I felt like I had a really successful week. And even though there were challenges and obstacles and some mistakes made, I, I felt like I wasn't in that sense of, oh, it's been a struggle this week. Right. Um, like it, you weren't it, it, you you weren't having to grind the gears, as it were. Yeah, it, it felt like I came out of this better. And, and I think part of that's that positive outlook of what can I take away from these mistakes or these issues or failures and, and and how can I move forward? I think having that positive outlook helped me come out feeling like I got better instead of, Oh, this was just a a drudge to get through to this week. And Mm. so, um, so yeah, that's, I just want to kind of throw that out that, that kind of the results of that and hoping to continue that now. And I would love to hear anybody else that kind of challenged themselves to do that, uh, to do, to let us know, uh, how did you feel? Or if you're doing it this week, how do you feel at the end of this week? Um, 
if you kind of decide to continually have a positive outlook on things as best as mu- as much as possible. Um, and then finally, I, I mentioned last week in my thing, we weren't able to talk because of the schedule, but I got an outline for Quadruple D. <laughs> the 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 sequel. I actually pitched that title as a joke to him, and he liked it. And I thought that was hilarious, by the way. Um, oh, <laughs> but uh, I got the outline, quote unquote outline, uh, which I, I I forwarded it to you, uh, Michael, yes. so you could take a look at it. Um, definitely not your usual professional film outline by I any mean, means. <laughs> I, I, it was less um, of an outline, as more as of just like thoughts. Th- these are moments or ideas or suggestions yeah. of what i want but kind of yeah it, it very much so and and so um kind of like the last movie i'm definitely gonna have to uh, uh develop the flow and the journey of the film um and and one of the hard things especially i think with people who aren't in the film business per se but have an idea they see the surface of the film in the sense of what the characters are doing and don't look at what the deeper meaning of the film needs to be that it actually connects to an audience. So um, even if it's an action film, you still have, you know, the, the dad at the beginning who doesn't, is not a family man. He, he works too much and he's not connected with his daughter. And usually somehow his daughter becomes in danger in this movie and he has to save her, which brings his family closer together. So even if it's something as simple and small as that, there's always a journey uh, for the main character. And so that's something I'm going to have to work with them on is figuring out, okay, if these are the main characters, what's the journey? What's the lesson at the end Yeah, that they come to? Or how do they change or develop as human beings um, and, at the end instead of they just want that money, you know what I mean? Right. And are these uh, the, the people who are wanting to hire you for this film, are they based in Los Angeles or Dallas? They're based in Dallas. They're okay. all and all the actors in it are for the most part, most of the actors in it are Dallas rappers. Okay. Um, who are also helping, I think, my fund it a little bit as well. Sure. Um, and so do you think so, then that like that kind of the distance from Los Angeles and not being as uh knowledgeable about the filmmaking process, do you think that do you find that's something that you have to kind of teach them as you go more in this process? Because they have their idea of what they want it to be, but then you're someone who actually is here in Los Angeles and knows kind of more of the structure of how f- films are supposed to work in terms of production I, and and storytelling. Right, absolutely. I, I had a similar issue in the, when writing and working with them on developing the first film was this: they they have these perceived ideas of what they want, and again, it's all surface. And me trying to explain to them this is how a film works and how you have the structure of a film has to work. Um, One of the issues, you know, I had in the first film was there was a character that I wrote in who I made kind of the comic relief of the film. And Mm. when they first read the script, they're like, he's not going to want to do that. He's, he doesn't, he's not going to want to get laughed at like that. And there, you know, he wants to be cool. He wants to be badass. And it's like, uh, and I told them, I was like, I want you to tell him, that if he does this the way I have it, because I give him some moments of like being cool, like he gets to shoot guns and do some <laughs> other stuff, but he's also kind of like not an idiot, but just that guy that like thinks he's hot stuff, but he he's obviously not and kind of gets a lot of crap for it. Sure. Um, and I told him like if he sticks to this, he's gonna have those moments, but he will be everyone's favorite character, 
in this movie. I was like, I guarantee that people will love his character and he will get so many props for his role. And I think they ended up like dividing the character between two people in the, in the final film. Ah, and the person okay. who was that comic relief, people loved him. And yeah, like, I, told, I was like, I, I told you. <laughs> yeah, and it also just, audiences want to see themselves in the characters. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I definitely don't know what it means to be a quote-unquote cool guy who just shoots guns. Um, but what? I do know... But I do know what it feels like to be that like awkward guy who's like put in a situation that he doesn't really know what to do and uses humor as a means to, uh, you know, find a way out or to lift up the situation. So, Absolutely. And, and 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 that was and that's, you know, part of, you know, and another example I, I want to kind of close out soon because I, I know we need to move on. But um, when I, my initial conversation with this guy that I'm talking to, he, he's kind of new, my new contact for the film. Um, one of the things he talked about when he was kind of going over the outline with me was this idea of there being narration. And he was like, there's going to be three narrators. And I was like, that's going to be Whoa. really confusing. Yeah. If there's three narrators um, and you're not like splitting up the story, like Tarantino style with like title cards or you know, exactly like, like that. this is a chapter of this person's story then the next yeah, chapter. chapter three yeah absolutely and so i was like it that doesn't make sense he goes oh no no he's like it's not gonna be throughout the whole movie it's just gonna be in like small sections i was like in in the film he wants to do kind of an ocean 11 type thing with like them developing this kind of crazy plan to foil somebody yeah and i was like are you talking about like just someone talking over like when they're talking about the plan you're seeing shots of certain images while that's being talked over and he was like, yeah, I was like, that's not narration. That's voiceover. It's <laughs> like, and I was just like, and I'm not trying to put him down. Like he just didn't know that, that there's a different term for those. Yes. And I was like, narration is if somebody is legit telling the story. So if they're reading it from a book or telling someone at the end, at the Once end, you upon see a them time. Like with <laughs> a friend explaining the story, that's narration. They're telling you the story. They're your author of the story. What you're talking about is just voiceover ADR type stuff that just so they can kind of still keep things visually exciting while someone's explaining something that would usually be kind of boring if they were right. explaining it and it just stayed on them. So uh, and so I, it's stuff like that, just like little small educational moments so <laughs> that I understand what they're I understand based on the lingo I know. And that they understand, sure. we can understand each other. But I think this run. is also such a great experience for you because I think even here in Los Angeles, there's so many people who don't know the process of making a film or the proper technique to tell a story. And so I right. think by working with this kind of group who are still very new at it, it's going to establish a nice tool set for you that you can use in any situation where you're working and collaborating with other people is even if from the skilled to the non-skilled absolutely it definitely challenges my knowledge and yeah. and what i've learned and i think that that at least keep it keeps me fresh like taking mm -hmm. tests and stuff like that so um i'm really excited to kind of really flesh it out i'm trying to work on a one sheet for them that they can get to some of the people they're looking for funding from um, but, uh, I think it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes and what happens and we'll, I'll keep you guys updated. Woo! Um, but on until the quadruple then, D to kind of round out, um, our, our, our catching up and, and, and how we're moving forward. 
Michael, what do you think you're going to take away from this discussion we had today? Uh, you know, the, that people just heard with Megan and Jill. What do you feel you're going to take away that maybe uh, uh, will help you through the week and through your hustle? Sure. Uh, well, one the big thing, one, and I just remember like when sitting there and, well, as we were recording this, the big thing that struck me was how you communicate with people is important, but also how you allow other people to talk to you is also as equally important. Whether you're in a professional environment, and like you said, Daniel, if it's a place of work, it is an office. Or even if you're just navigating your own hustle, you have to remember that you carry a sense of power and control in any situation. So if someone talks down to you, or speaks to you in a tone that makes you feel uncomfortable, or makes a joke that offends you, address it and let them know that it is not okay to speak to you like that. And this isn't even just about bullies. Uh, this could be regarding our friends, coworkers, or even family members. And those relationships are where the line can be crossed so easily because you're so comfortable with those people. As, as one of my favorite literary characters of all time once said, it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. So this week, let's stand up for ourselves. Let's be a true boss this week. Word, word, I like that, man. It's it's so true, and 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 like I mentioned earlier, that you know, um, Dallas recently went through this thing where at a really big theater company, one of the the one of the creative like directors of the company was let go. I think last year because of inappropriate things um, that he had been doing, and uh, someone kind of recently wrote an article, kind of going through how she dealt with it when she was an intern working under him um, at that theater. And part of that was like how he approached her and how he talked to her mm -hmm. uh, had a huge effect on her. And yeah. so it, it definitely, you know, it's, it's not, I think it's, it goes two ways. Not only be aware of how other people are speaking to you, but also be aware of how you're speaking to other people as well. Yeah. And, and again, like, and I know I said this in the interview, but it tone goes a long way. And this has been something I've been experiencing lately at my job. And I know it's, you know, listening to this interview, I one of the things I'm really going to try and take on with my hustle this week is to address it, to go to those mm -hmm. specific people at my job that, you know, we don't have a bad relationship, but it's like when stress levels are high and you speak to me in a certain way, it affects me and it affects my energy and, you know, just how I feel about myself and stuff. So I just want to let them know that, that it's like, hey, mm -hmm. I understand if I did something wrong or if you're stressed out please speak to me in a manner that doesn't make me feel like crap <laughs> at the end of the well, day. Well, I mean, we even, you know, I think we even talk about it in the interview, in the, in this discussion where me, I mean, me and you are good friends. There's no bad blood between us. I, you, you don't hate me. I don't hate you, but we have moments where we may say something to the other person in a moment of stress or frustration and mm -hmm. not realize our tone is harsh or, uh, 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 demeaning or, uh, you know, something like that. And so, but you and I are really good about understanding and, and either approaching each other and be like, Hey, I'm not, can you, can you calm down? Like, I need you like that. That kind of was a little harsh, but mm -hmm. you and I have had to like speak to each other and, and, and make each other aware of those moments. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's just, and, and, it's about drawing that line again. Right. Cause I think, especially with friendships or coworkers, you see each other so much, you talk to each other every day it's so easy to let that line become, 
not as defined because they're just so comfortable. But no, it's still like, hey, this is where you've crossed the line. Let's talk about it. Let's reestablish it. And we and we can move on. Yeah. And and then that's another big thing. Moving on, allowing that moment to pass and not letting it affect your future with that person. Uh, Yeah. I mean, one of the things I found from this that I really took away that it's important in all collaborations to find your fit, not that you can't learn from a a new skill or be responsible for most multiple facets of a collaboration, but you need to be aware and outspoken. If you are tasked with doing a job, you don't feel utilizes you to the best of your abilities. You need to speak up, approach the group and offer a different solution. Don't demand or whine, but suggest a new role for you with reasons behind it. Not that we shouldn't be willing to take on responsibilities. We just don't want to do, but we should have one responsibility at least that, accesses something you love and are good at you have sixty thousand followers on social media but only basic technical skills maybe you shouldn't be the sound engineer because (laughs) someone else just likes to be on twitter instead of setting up equipment don't let yourself be put in a position that doesn't fit your passion and your talents you'll just slowly start to resent the group and that group will then begin to fall apart So I'm challenging myself this week, and I'm also challenging you to make a list of things that you know and can back up that are good, that you are good at, and maybe something you have interest in, uh, and maybe something that you have an interest in that you would love to learn more about. That way, the next time you're collaborating, you can already speak to what you know you can be a boss at. Like, this week is all about being a boss, man. The boss puns are flying, folks. I'm telling you, it's going to be the new Smurf. (laughs) No, (laughs) right? Uh, But I love that because it's also been something I've been thinking about, you know, the past couple weeks and stuff, not just regarding the podcast, but about work and my hustle and things that I feel like I'm good at or, or, or weak at or just where am I putting my energy and... That's just something like a very practical thing, like write down what you think you're good at, what you're interested in, what you're passionate about, and then compare that to what your daily or weekly schedule is. And how many of those things are you doing? How many of those things do you have the time to put energy in? And if you're feeling sad or 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 frustrated that you can't do those things, well, then maybe that's when you need to reevaluate what it is that you are doing. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, it's all about approaching the topic professionally and not be like, I don't want to do that. But like being, you know, going, Hey, I, you know, I, I do a lot of graphic design and I feel like I could be at least an asset to helping with the design of the, the logo for our, our company. Um, can I at least maybe sit in on the meetings and, and kind of just be there to maybe add any information I may have, you know, it's stuff like that, like approaching things in a professional manner with a reason to back it up. And people most more likely people are not gonna be like, no, you can't be in that meeting. You know, it's yeah. it, the, the, unless they're just jerks. Like, and then again, the tone and communication comes into play there. Yes. Um, so it's, it's just, it's in. just important to, yeah. It's, and like you said, I think it goes on both places. It's important to speak up and, mm-hmm. and, and whether they're your friends or people that you've kind of come together with as strangers to put something together, it's important to, be willing to communicate and to, to speak up. So I like how both of ours inadvertently connect in a way, <laughs> yeah. our, our takeaways. Right. Is, is there something you want to say to me right now, Daniel? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> oh, no. It and finally Bat- comes out. And I'm Batman. Oh, awesome. <laughs> but uh, I also but, hate you. 
Speaking of Batman, uh, no, <laughs> that, that 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 transition wouldn't work. But you've you've uh, gone you've gone to the you've gone to the school of da- uh, Daniel transitions. <laughs> exactly of Daniel transitions. Uh, speaking but, of Batman. Speaking of Batman, and speaking of things that Batman could put you know, possibly take more away from this interview and like <laughs> the things that Batman needs to hear to get his Batman hustle through the week. Daniel, what advice would you give Batman? Well, Batman, if you're listening in this episode, we discussed how the internet and social media sites and their users have become a new form of jury judging and condemning others with opinions based on others opinions and small excerpts from a possibly bigger picture. We live in a time of a lot of tough issues, police brutality, excessive force leading to the deaths of several people, the Me Too movement and those finding the courage to come out and tell their story. Strong subjects, with, which with that bring out a lot of emotion on several sides. It's so easy to allow the passion behind your own views bring you to quick judgments and anger towards other people and situations. Going hand in hand with Michael's previous challenge to listen to others before condemning them, I challenge all of us to the idea of finding the truth through listening and reading all sides to make an informed, not emotional opinion. I want to say that again. Make sure to make an informed opinion, not a judgment. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are not courts. Emotional opinions can too easily shut us off blinding us to truth we just don't want to accept. So let's find a way to not shut ourselves off from others, but be a society that shares information and ideas and works together for a world that is great. Not just for one country, but all of humanity. You're not the judge and jury, Daniel. (laughs) Martha. (laughs) I feel like that's something that uh, Batman would definitely agree with, um, mm. but I think that's so true. I think more and more, it's. I, I think sometimes why I'm not on social media as much is because whenever I do go on there, it is just all of that. It's just all of the just, you know, shaming on both sides, and it's just, and and there's not not enough listening happening, and it's like you're saying, like a lot of people are just saying or judging one another as opposed to actually listening and making mm-hmm. an informed uh, opinion on the matter. Uh, Absolutely. So. And, uh, and, and, and speaking of matters, we, we've had something that's kind of mattered to us. We've, we've had a big change uh, uh, with the podcast, right? Michael? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this week, one of the big themes that we highlighted was the idea of balance, similar to our crossover episode with a gentleman over at the inside acting podcast, The life of a creative can often feel like a tug of war with your passions and life. And if you're collaborating with someone else, you'll quickly learn how important it is to keep the workload balanced. And and when you or your partner honestly don't have a specific skill set needed to advance your project, reach out and ask someone. Well, at the beginning of this episode, I said in my boss moment that week that we had had a meeting with someone who would eventually become our social media strategist, Arnobi Day. You guys have heard about her. She's always uh, plugged at the end of all of our episodes. Uh, well, we recorded this interview back in February, and since then, Arnobi has taught Daniel and I so much about marketing and branding, and she has really just helped us gain the momentum that we've been needing to find more about what this show is, what our brand is. 
And, you know, it's it's with a heavy heart that I have to announce Arnobi's departure from Team Hustle. Uh, originally from India, Arnobi has been in L.A. studying social media marketing. But since school has finished, her student visa limitations force her to go back to Dubai. Um, so, again, it's a, it's a tug of war of the things that you want to do versus sometimes life. And life happens. And unfortunately, that's what's happening here. And Arnobi, I'd like to thank you so much for bringing the balance and inspiration to this podcast and for really helping us build Hollywood Hustle. Daniel and I will be meeting tomorrow, actually, at the time of this recording, to discuss the redistribution of responsibilities between ourselves for this podcast, but I feel like you've given us such a strong foundation to work off of. Uh, We can't wait to hear about your journey and follow your journey from Hollywood to Bollywood, uh, but wherever it is that you go, Arnobi, continue to be a boss. We love you, and, and thank you so much for what you've given to the hustle. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, you, you really came in and gave us a really great new perception of our social media um, and, and the look it needs and, and giving us some more things to think about. And you've really added to our social media bank of, of what we can post and what we can do as a podcast on social media. Um, you know, hustle heroes, I, I think is a great example of that uh, hustling heroes of LA and, and and I definitely hope hope we can c- continue that uh, because I think that's such a great idea and such a great example of what we can do. This show can do on social media the power that we can have on there. Um, thank you so much for the hard work you've put in, especially while you were in school, uh, getting your certificate and and all the stuff that you've done for us. And and, and I'm so sad to see you leave. Uh, you 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 just as a person are so awesome and and positive and outgoing. Um, and, Man, and I, I, I would you, just remember you, our meetings are just so much fun with our Nobi. Yeah, oh yeah. Like she all, just all, all of a sudden all, brought this like new smiles. uplifting energy. Absolutely. I think we've been, we were tainted by uh, the 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 work and the exhaustion from the work and so it was nice getting a new person who's rested and and, <laughs> and had that positive energy but um and she really believes Yeah, absolutely. She really believes in this show and what we're doing and that meant the world to us and and uh, I wish nothing but the best and and whatever you do in the future. I know you're going to do great things, you and your husband, um, as you as you travel back across the uh, across the Great Lakes and uh, have <laughs> have the best. And please stay in touch. Uh, I would love to keep knowing what you're doing as you move through this world. Yeah, uh, it would it would be fun to yeah. maybe an episode or a team hustle down the road is just to get us on the line with our Nobi to kind of hear about her journey as well. Yeah, just and. Just reconnect, if you know, and see where she's at um, mm-hmm. would be really great. Uh, Michael, what do what are we hoping from the audience? What do we what would we like them to do now? We would love to hear your thoughts about today's roundtable with Megan LaMontagne and Julian Leff. You know, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Hollywood Hustle Podcast and on Twitter at LA Hustlecast. Uh, Daniel, where are you on the socials? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at dtuttle, T-U-T-T-E-L, and on Twitter uh, at Daniel Tuttle, same spelling. Uh, would love to hear from you. 
Yeah, and I am at Michael Lutheran on all social medias. Uh, you can also shoot us an email with your thoughts of today's episode to hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. And if you have anything that you would like to just give words of encouragement to Arnobi as she continues on in her journey uh, back in India, please send us your thoughts and we would love to share them with her um, because she's just been working so hard on our social media. Um, also, if you'd like what you're hearing, please like and share and, and retweet about this episode. Reach out to Megan at The Nostalgia Chick, and that's uh, T-H-E-N-O-S-T-A-L-C-H-I-C, and that's on Instagram and on Twitter, and to Jillian Leff at Jillian Leff on Twitter and Instagram, and that's uh, Jillian with a J. Uh, you can also hear both of the girls every week on the Boss Please podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Make sure to let them know that Team Hustle sent you. And, you know, we also know that life can be a little busy sometimes. You uh, were being such a boss this week that maybe you didn't get a chance to listen to the full episode of the show. But that's why we release every Monday a preview of our upcoming episode that we're calling our Side Hustle episodes. We highlight some of the great conversations we have with the guests coming up that week. Uh, they're released every Monday, and it's just this side hustle is there to keep you connected when you na- may not be able to listen to our full episodes That you so you can still join the conversation on social media. And do us a favor and share this and any of our other episodes with your friends, family, and fellow artists who are looking for some inspiration to kickstart their journey. If you've been listening to us for a while and you want to give to The Hustle, visit our website, uh, and at the bottom of the page, you will see a PayPal button where you can don- donate a one-time donation or offer a monthly donation to keep the uh, keep the hustle alive with this podcast and just help us grow the Hollywood brand in general. Uh, speaking of contributions, Daniel, uh, recent guest here on the podcast, Beth Ryan, she had a Kickstarter for her documentary "Feeling Seen." We talked about it a lot, and uh, we Bet talked she about did. it a lot in her act too. Well, she surpassed her goal. Uh, in she the surpassed final it. Days, yeah, she passed it. You know, in the final days of. The Kickstarter, I know we were very on top of our social media, letting uh, you, our listeners, know about this opportunity to to donate and to give uh, to this film. And you guys went out there and you supported her. And thank you, thank you, thank you. This is what the podcast is all about. It's about you know bringing you uh, artists and, and people who are trying to make a change and pursue their dreams. And, and you guys showed up and you supported them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, guys, please remember to participate in our Hustle contest by submitting your thoughts on our listener survey. It's on the homepage of our website. Uh, It's easy to do, and you get a great prize uh, if you get chosen to win. Now that Team Hustle will be mostly Daniel and I for the time being, your thoughts will really help us in the coming weeks and months of this podcast as we begin preparing for season three. Season three, guys. Season three. We got renewed, guys. We got renewed. (laughs) We're officially in June, so... Uh, we're, oh, we're a year old. We're already halfway through season two and yeah, we're getting ready for season three guys. So please send us your thoughts. Um, and then next week we are bringing a special team hustle episode to you where I get to take a little break when Michael takes the reins and goes inside our team and interviews former team hustle sound engineer, Kel Torados. Kel is an entrepreneur, fantastic editor, and an all around great guy who packed up his life and moved all the way to Japan. 
Michael and Kel talk about finding friendship through community theater, Kel's passion for music and film, and his journey to Southern California and the lessons he learned that drove or flew him to embrace his dream of moving to Japan Japan, and a lot more. Do not miss this inside look into one of the OG members of Team Hustle, Kel Torados. I cannot wait. I have not heard <laughs> any of this conversation. So no, I'm, you have not. I'm so excited. Uh, uh, to hear it for the first time and hear what you guys talked about since, especially since you guys have been friends for so long. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to hear the fun that you guys had chatting and learning more about Kel and where, where he's been and where he's going. So oh, yeah. I personally I mean, am super excited about this episode. He He's one of my brothers and it's so, it was so cool to, you know, have him officially on the podcast cause he, he was working, he, he did all of our episodes from, the the start of our podcast uh, through November of last year and just chat, chatting with him about life in Japan and everything it is just so cool to like because I know that's something that he's always wanted to do but to f- see him finally embrace his passion and his dreams and just go you know what I'm just gonna go and see what happens it's it's really cool and it's really special so uh, I'm excited Absolutely. to share this with you guys. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm super excited to hear it. But uh well Michael, thank you so much again for coming on and 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 joining us to talk about this episode. Uh it was so much fun. Another shout out to Megan Lamontaine and Jillian Leff and Melinda. We know you're there. We're gonna get you on, I promise. Uh, yes. uh please check out Boss Please Podcast every week. Again, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes. Uh you can find them Boss uh Boss Please Pod on uh, all the social medias. Uh, they're, they're a great group of women and they're really, they have some really great guests. So definitely check it out. Uh, and yeah, thank you again, Michael. I I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week, buddy. Yeah, man. I I have my preview coming up this Sunday, June 3rd. Uh, so at the time of the release, it'll already have passed. So, uh, you know, cross your fingers, everyone. It's going to be a fun preview and, uh, fringe is officially starting. So go see fringe. But also, even though this is past the preview, if you are in L.A. and you want to go see Met again with Michael, uh, Studio Stage has uh, has been so kind to give us the code word HUSTLE, which you can use to get uh, $5 tickets to see Met again. So definitely, if you're going to see it in L.A., use the word uh, code word HUSTLE to let them know that we sent you and to support Michael. Uh, uh, we're so excited and so so thankful that they gave us that code, and we I can't wait to see it. So uh, uh, break a leg, buddy. Thank you, thank you so much for that, Daniel. Yeah, guys, uh, buy your tickets at HollywoodFringe.org. Just search for Met again and use code word Hustle to show your hustle love, but also to get the discount. Man, it's L.A. Theater can be expensive. Go see us for five dollars. <laughs> straight up word, straight up word. So thanks, guys, for listening, and until next week, as always and forever, please make sure that you. Keep up, Keep up the, the hustle. hustle. This episode was hosted by Daniel Tuttle and produced with Michael Lutheran. Gordon Meacham is our associate producer, and Mike Tobias edited our website. For more information, visit our website at hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. <laughs>